Prologue, 1980 Because the wood floor creaks in the long corridor, Mariana can hear her father approaching. She turns toward the door. As it opens, she looks down at the small cello she's been playing and tightly grips the bow. Alexander Feldman leans against the doorframe. He wears a silk paisley dressing gown and embroidered slippers. With a cigarette in a tortoiseshell holder in his hand, he stares at her, exhaling smoke. Mariana, you're flat. That A is too flat. Sixty years old, Alexander is well over six feet, handsome, with dark hair, now silvered at the temples. His brown eyes are deep-set, his chin strong. Mixed in with the tobacco, Mariana smells his lavender eau de cologne. He chides her gently, less irritably. You're not stretching far enough, sweetheart. When your hands have grown a little, this won't be so difficult. Looking down at her cello, she nods. You're noodling around, Mariana. You're not really practicing, I can tell. And why are you sitting on your desk chair? Your feet can't reach the floor. How can you play when you're not stable or grounded? I don't like to sit on the little chair, Papa. I put it in the closet. It's too small. He laughs and comes to stand behind her. Mariana feels shy with her father, who is rarely home. World famous as a performer, he has a schedule of concerts that keeps him away. He's already booked for the next three years. And during his days in Manhattan, Alexander is preoccupied with his own daily hours of practice and giving cello lessons in his studio in the apartment. His students from Juilliard come and go all day, each for an appointed hour. Now he touches her shoulder, amused. Mama told me that you erased Eric Katz's name and put yours on my list for a lesson today. That was naughty. I know you're leaving again, she whispers. First thing tomorrow morning. And? She pauses, looking away. I wanted to be with you. Alexander takes another puff of his cigarette. Well, when you finish practicing, you may join us for breakfast. Your mother and I do need to talk before I go to Switzerland. He leans down and takes her left hand, showing her the position she needs to reach the A properly. His face is smooth, the scent of his aftershave strong. Sweeping her hair aside, he gently kisses her neck. She closes her eyes. He whispers, You must work harder, sweetheart. It takes more than talent to be a great cellist. It takes hard work, dedication. As he leaves her room, he says, For a special treat, if you work hard on the Sarabond this morning, I'll let you play it for me on the Silver Swan after breakfast. We'll eat when you're done. Then he is gone. Mariana waits for a moment. She reaches her hand to her hair and smells it dreamily for traces of him. When he's away, she sneaks into his room and puts drops of his scent on her fingers. Then she rushes back to her own room and rubs her fingers on her pillowcase. The fragrance soothes her, helps her sleep. Again, she starts to play. In her nightgown, Mariana is working on Bach. She is tall for an eight-year-old, all arms and legs and angles. 
the seeds of future beauty have been planted in her face. As she leans forward, her long, dark hair falls over the instrument. She brushes it away with her right arm, lifting the bow impatiently. Forcing herself to concentrate, she repeats the opening measures of the Sarabande from the G major suite. Filtered through Venetian blinds, sun rises over the rooftops of Fifth Avenue across the wintry park. Though her bedroom door is closed, in the pauses while she rests, she can hear her parents' voices raised in disagreement. When twenty minutes have passed, a clock hangs on the bedroom wall exacting and reproachful, she places the bow on the music stand and hops off her chair. Then, having set her instrument carefully down on the rug, she walks the long, dark corridor past the dining room and kitchen to what her parents call the dinette, where they await her.